You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun and science-based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Hi, I'm Susie. And I'm Lisa. And this is The Coaching Cast. We're the no-nonsense podcast chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints, and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses, and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too. Well, because taking yourself too seriously is just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we are shining the light on the unhelpful behavior of self-sabotage. We are talking about what self-sabotage can look like, our experiences alongside our top tips in overcoming it. So stay with us and enjoy. So Lisa, before we get into today's episode, how have you been? What's going on? Yeah, I've been really good. Thank you. Had a really good weekend filled with lots of friends and socializing and a few hikes as well. I know it's not technically your favorite thing to do, but no. yeah, it was really enjoyable, really enjoyable. Although ugh, I hiked on Saturday and then I hiked again on Sunday. Now I may have mentioned this before on the podcast because a hike is technically a walk. Like that is not an untrue statement, but I know when I was just permanently in the UK and I used to hear about people going on hikes, I used to be like, Oh God, it's just a walk. <laughs> like it's nothing more than that. Like why glorify and try and elevate what is essentially just a simple walk. You know, those individuals, we get them a lot where we live in the UK and the Cotswolds who love a stick, you know, they like, they need to have some sort of walking well, aid. That's me. Really? I, you d- you yes. don't have a walking do. stick like a do you? I do. Yeah, I have a walking pole. Why do you have a walking pole? Because I don't <laughs> like going downhill, do I? No. Because I but... hate going down any form of slope downhill and steps downhill. But I like walking, so same as you. Yeah. So because I'm solution focused, I was like, what will help me? feel better about walking down hills so I bought myself a walking pole (laughs) and I use it I take it with me whenever I go on a walk oh my god (laughs) you're one of the people I was about to take the absolute piss out of yeah I am one of them really oh I always take the mickey out of people with walking poles right well you're in that camp unfortunately I am 
Well, you do not see anyone here in South Africa with a walking pole. And (laughs) I would actually state that they are more than a walk because for me, walking is, you know, strolling, open plains, fairly flat. Yeah, you might get some hills, but nothing too strenuous. Here, you know, when I go on a hike, it's often around a part of Table Mountain. It is a mountain. It's the clues in the title. And I have been climbing up and scrambling. I mean, it's literally your worst nightmare, Susie. Hate it. Um, If you ever come and stay with me over here, which you must do at some point, I obviously will avoid taking you on these hikes. But I did do a couple of hikes on Sunday, and um, on the weekend, sorry, Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday, we decided to go on a slightly more leisurely hike because it was windy. And you do have to take the wind seriously here. Like, it is severe and there are incidents of people getting blown off slopes and things so I didn't want to be in that category so we went on this walk but I mean I didn't find it particularly easy it was still strenuous and barely we'd barely started I decided I needed a bathroom now I have spoken on this podcast about the fact that as a woman unfortunately I don't have the skill of being able to squat (laughs) to urinate um it's just not something that I have in my repertoire so I really do struggle when out in the in nature about using the bathroom now at this moment in time fate would have it it would it was on my side we happen to walk past a public toilet which actually is quite rare. I've not seen them particularly. At the base of Lion's Head, which is one of the the mountain peaks in Cape Town. And I was thinking, well, what are the chances of this? But I have to admit, my view is there is not many things that I think are more terrifying than a public toilet. (laughs) There's something so disconcerting about a public toilet. I don't trust them for one. I think I've got a really morbid imagination. I don't trust them at all. I'm always convinced that I'm just going to find something unpleasant and use your imagination on that front in terms of what I'm going to find in there. Now, I went in, I literally, it was a mad dash because I went in, it was dark. You're in some forest. I mean, any form yeah. of creature could be living in there. I yeah, am in like Africa. an animal in there or something. Yep. I am in, in Africa. Africa as well. Anything could have been in it. I did a mad dash in. Did try not to look into any corners, including up, because I'm terrified that there's going to be some sort of spider up there. So I literally did like a run, ran in dash, couldn't lock the door because the door didn't lock. And I just had to hope for the best that no one else was going to be using said public toilet. Had to like, you know, do the whole like hover above the bowl. Um, I don't know about you, but I was taught as a kid, you don't sit on the public toilet, Lucy. I don't know what it is, but every... Every female family member I've ever had, mum and nan mainly, <laughs> I don't know what they think you can contract from sitting on a public toilet seat, but they managed to convince you that you were definitely going to catch some sort of like deadly (laughs) bug or disease or I don't know, really, even to the point where I was thinking, is something actually going to jump up out of the toilet bowl? I don't know. So there you are hovering using every form of leg muscle that you have. And then you're doing like the mad shake and then running out again. I, I mean, I definitely think I would have won the award for like fastest pee. But it is terrifying. Anyway, I survived. And then I had to climb up about a thousand stairs, which I do not remember Dom at any point when we planned this walk hike mentioning was on this particular route. So I huffed and puffed my way up there. It was flipping neck. There was me thinking we were going for a nice leisurely walk. You needed my walking pole at that point. Yeah, well, actually, having taken the mickey out of you for it, I probably did. But I can't see them letting me take that through the airport. 
you know, looks like a javelin, like a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. What about yourself? I was down your neck of the woods this weekend. Yes. So uh, I was in the Cotswolds um, because I'm from there originally. Um, So spent some uh, time in Cheltenham this weekend, which was nice. I went for a lovely meal actually in a new restaurant. Um, Cool. I'm going to give it a shout out. It's called Hebe in Cheltenham. Hebe. As in like he and then B. H E B E, all one word, Hmm. Hebe. Um, I have to say, it was probably one of the nicest meals I've eaten in quite a long time. It was lovely. Um, and it's um, not that big, so it was quite small. There was one waitress, um, and the kitchen was open plan. I know you love an open plan kitchen situation. I, where you can I love being able to sit, seeing the chefs at work, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed that meal. So what shout food? out. Um, it was kind of like gastro, bistro kind of type scenario different genres of foods there was some italian stuff on there some british stuff okay Um, but it was all just really well cooked Mm. and i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it what's the meaning behind the name hebe i don't know i didn't get that far i just went and ate my food and drank my wine i'm curious now and was just grateful to have a a few hours out on a saturday (laughs) evening got released <laughs> yeah that's how we roll um so yeah it was lovely thank you and uh the weather was nice the weather actually I have to say the weather here today is glorious it's a really nice it's not very warm but it's a really nice like crisp February day um Ooh. and the sun is shining so I might get that old walking pole out <laughs> and I might go for a little gander later a little walk around take your walking pole for a stroll <laughs> but anyway, on that uh, chat <laughs> about walking poles and how I potentially sabotage my skills for walking down hills, oh, um, should we get on to this week's chat, which is actually all about self-sabotage? See what I did there? Yes, very good. Yes, <laughs> let's get on with it. Cool. <laughs> self-sabotage. According to Mind Tools, the term self-sabotage is destructive behaviour directed at yourself. Negative habits that consistently undermine your efforts, erode your self-confidence and self-esteem and affects your relationships with others. With every failed attempt to do the thing you want, you prove to yourself that you can't or shouldn't do it. It is a defense mechanism and a behavior we often don't recognize in ourselves, a way of protecting ourselves, avoiding the unknown and staying in our comfort zone. It can look like constantly criticizing yourself or avoiding good things because we think we aren't capable or worthy, procrastinating until the last minute or bottling up our feelings. So I ask you, CBeebies, how often do you have your own back? So Lisa, on that note, what is your relationship with self-sabotage? So actually, the timing of this today, the recording of this episode, is 
eerily appropriate because I have actually been going through a cycle of what I would call self-critique for the last sort of 12 hours rather than sabotage. I don't think I'm a saboteur of myself. I don't, I would never describe it as that negative. I don't think it's ever as aggressive or as harsh as that in so much as there isn't a lot, I think, where I've not done something at all because I've told myself I can't. I've not done things because I don't want to, that's different, but I've not stopped myself from going for things or trying out things or, yeah, going for opportunities or stuff because I've told myself I just can't do it and deep down knowing how much I want it. Um, But I would generally describe my inner voice and, if you like, my ego as being fairly negative. And so it's not uncommon that I can find myself in a space where my thoughts are not particularly helpful and are of that more self-critical nature. I think that's, for some of us, it's just the way it is. Like, you can't help the way in which your thoughts are constructed in so much as all of us have thoughts and a perception of ourselves that's been built up over years and years and years. Yeah. It's being aware of it and then knowing how to support yourself to change it in the moment and move to a series of thoughts I think that are just more helpful and more well kinder I think because that's what I find with this type of um topic it's it really shines a light on how unkind we can be to ourselves Mm. and I do find that quite you know I find that sad uh for some of us who who do get stuck in these sorts of negative thought cycles and self-critiques quite often and quite severely um so so yeah so as I said the the timing is quite apt because a couple of things have happened over the last 24 hours and it's I would say it's it's knocked my confidence a little bit and then immediately I start going into you know, I am a bit guilty. I think of like one thing goes wrong. So therefore everything is wrong. It's that kind of, it's that kind of development. It can go there very quickly, even though there's other side of me. It's like having the, the angel and the devil on your each shoulder going, don't be ridiculous. Don't be so dramatic. Don't over-exaggerate. You know, it's one thing that's not gone very well. doesn't change all the other things that have gone well. You know, it's that kind of, I can literally feel myself going through that process. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting, for you, it sounds like it's quite a cycle. Like one thing happens and then that kind of leads on to something else in terms of perhaps a thought or a feeling and that leads on to something else. And then it kind of all compounds itself and, and, and is a bit of a cycle. Um, so is that quite difficult for you to break when you're in it? Like, do you just have to let it be and let it feel and and, know, and build that awareness for yourself that that's kind of where you're at and what, what's happening right now? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. So I tend to... It's a familiar place. I think that's for one. 
it's something I'm so aware of that when it's happening I recognize it because it's happened so many times before and I know it's it's better for me just to let it let it happen and like ride it out because I know it won't last I think you know we're all different and I'm fortunate to have the confidence in myself to know that that's going to be true um you know there are many people who really struggle with this and what is so debilitating is the fact that at times there really doesn't feel like there is an end to it and it will never go but I think that does come down to practicing alternative thinking and adopting techniques to help move out of the negative headspace and into a more productive helpful supportive headspace which does take practice to do but I know for example that there's no point it doesn't matter how much I sit here and go don't worry about it it's fine it's not fine like there's none of that sort of chat will ever be helpful to me and even when people if I were to share how I'm feeling with somebody else you know even when someone else says it and goes oh don't worry you know there'll be other opportunities I'm like yeah I I know (laughs) yeah um and I know you mean well and I know that that is a helpful thought process but fundamentally that's not helpful to me today because the other opportunities are not here are they so I'm not getting that immediate solution to the problem yeah right, right here right now like that's not particularly helpful to how I am and you know where I'm at I yeah. totally get that so totally actually that. to your point that sitting with it I do find is necessary and I'm comfortable with that and it's okay because I I don't let it overwhelm me it's not all consuming I'm not sulking is the point <laughs> I still will carry on if anything it's it probably propels me more into action around get out of the house go do some exercise go grab a coffee in a coffee shop because that's what I like doing it perks me up a bit literally um but also (laughs) I like changing my space and being just somewhere else and surrounded by people and you know it doesn't take much more than that before I'm thinking right okay it's happened it's not the outcome you wanted so what are you going to do next then to try and just kind of go put it to bed there's nothing more you can do about that now onto the next thing rather than go I can't do it this obviously means I'm rubbish I should just stop I shouldn't bother you know it's I don't yeah I try to make sure that that's not the case okay okay well thank you for being very honest there because obviously this is a topic which um yeah you are kind of going through and experiencing and having uh quite a you know short immediate relationship with at the moment I know it's Um, weird it was ironic when you sent when we talked about the topic I was literally like oh this is actually (laughs) right now (laughs) Hmm. um and sometimes we need to perhaps follow our own advice so when we get to top tips there we go there we go yeah well the top (laughs) tips I'll be sharing are things that I'm still trying to do myself but they're things that I hope well they help me so hopefully they'll help other people (laughs) So I think for me, I have a, a, a slightly different relationship with um, self-sabotage in the sense that I definitely, I do definitely do it 100%. Um, 
mine is very um interestingly mine is very situation situational based couldn't think of the right word was that <laughs> um and it's surrounded by um holding kind of or, or rooted maybe in fear and in success I think as well I think both those dynamics are at play and the situation is when I'm in the company of or I'm interacting with or I'm building a relationship with somebody who I have put myself in very high regard okay um so either they're really established in what they do they're an, uh, an a subject um matter expert that I'm really interested in or I really respect or they've developed themselves or um they do something that you know I, I think is like amazing I'm like wow um, and then I uh, self-sabotage and say to myself, like, you're not good enough to be around this person, to be in company or interact or work with this person or um, kind of like be worthy of being in their company, essentially. Um, so mine is quite situational focused. And I think I have done quite a lot of work on myself over the last mm, probably like three or four years around my own mindset how I manage my own thoughts and that has definitely allowed me to become better at recognizing when I'm self-sabotaging why that might be so that I can articulate that today in this conversation I probably wouldn't have known that a few years ago and also I'm still work in progress about how I manage it because I think we probably all are you know that's absolutely fine and, and completely normal that we're working progress managing our mindset it takes time to you know do that and, and and recognize and change our behaviors um but mine is definitely rooted that I'm not good enough to be around these people and people that I have put kind of on this pedestal myself and are actually really nice really lovely but I've just decided that I'm not worthy to be in their company and so then I self-sabotage I don't then put myself in those opportunities to be around them I hold purposefully hold myself back or I don't send that email or that message or I don't interact with them at a networking event because I think well I'm not I'm not good enough like then why would they want to talk to me so that's how it comes out for me and my relationship with it I would say it's not something that happens for me on a like consistent regular basis but it's something which happens for me which as I've mentioned is very specific in terms of a situation or a type of person and profile of that person which is ridiculous really isn't it um so yeah it's interesting isn't it how it plays out in each of us yeah totally and I think what you're describing is a really common one that impacts actually a lot of people, especially in a work context. Because I think when you're in a work context where you've got much more likelihood of um, real marcation of hierarchy, yes, I think that's where you'll commonly get this notion of, you know, can I talk to them? am I able to talk to them? Should I be talking to them? You know, am I even like you described worthy of talking to them in that really traditional sense of because I'm in this position, and they are much more senior. I think that's a really common one. I know I've definitely experienced that to some extent uh, historically 
although what always helped me to manage that and to support myself to be in the room and to contribute was we're all just human beings like we are all just human beings yes they have a title but we are all just human beings like they still go home at night they still do a poo you know that kind of thing <laughs> just to try and help me get some sort of leveling and grounding yeah. to be able to yeah to be able to be there I think yeah so what do you think are some of the signs of self-sabotage at work so we've we've touched a little bit there on holding yourself back in yes in I think with interactions yeah yeah I think that's a really common one where you hold yourself back from engaging contributing stepping forward for opportunities to really interact at uh, various different levels because of that um that kind of perception you're placing on that person and how you're elevating them in your own mindset so I think that's a really common one I think in general just not putting yourself forward for challenges and opportunities because of telling yourself you're not able to do it or that you're not going to be successful. So that real fear of failure. And we've talked about failure and the fear of failure before. And I think, you know, it does come down to that when you have an audience uh, and when you're perceiving that there is an audience, people that are going to know whether you're successful or not, that that can really debilitate people, cause them to freeze and just not bother putting themselves out there at all it's that vulnerability piece isn't it so I think that's really common and that can be anything that that can be like not going for promotion not going for just any form of new job opportunity even if it's a sideways move not putting yourself forward to present like not presenting oh my god I think that's a common one as well like there's a lot of us who really struggle with presenting, really don't enjoy it, don't like it. So that means that where you've got the ability to really step up and show yourself to people, raise people's awareness of you, you'd rather just sit in the back and just yeah. not do it. Um, I think also it's self-sabotage at work, I think can also stop you from, and I've sort of touched upon it there really as a theme amongst all of this with growing and I think that can play into actually not being able or being comfortable to accept feedback or um, any form of criticism like of any kind, because actually your ability to process it objectively and helpfully is just not there. So I think you avoid it altogether, or if you do receive it, you aren't able to process it effectively so actually you just get stuck in any of the bad things you've heard and haven't yeah. necessarily been able to extract any of the learnings any of the positives any of the things that actually can help you to be even better yeah yeah definitely I think as well like <clears throat> there's an intro I think a, a really interesting sign or quite a clear sign for me. And I think I've done this, I'm just reflecting in the minute, in the moment, because I think I've done this myself actually, but also I've seen this happen to others around me when, when I've been working in organisations, is um, procrastination. So putting things off. So I'm just reflecting, because I think I've definitely done this. Putting things off, which I know 
are going to challenge me, going to stretch me out of my comfort zone. A bit like going back to your presenting situation, you're not like naturally sure about, but it might be good for you because it will help you grow and develop and stretch your skill set, et cetera, et cetera. And then putting things off literally till the last minute, then rushing to like then be like, ah, I've got this presentation tomorrow. I don't feel very prepped. And then the night before pulling it together or thinking about what you're going to say or whatever it might be, rushing and trying to do it last minute, it then not going very well. And then afterwards being like, oh, well, I didn't try that hard anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) And then I'm kind of like, that is an example of that self-sabotage in motion. And I've definitely done that because Mm. I don't want to put, again, it's been that root, that um, kind of being, being rooted in that fear you know that fear of failure that fear of putting myself out there that I'm not good enough so thinking well I'm not actually going to try that hard anyway or or create the environment around me to make me be successful in doing this um and so then when it doesn't come off it won't matter will it because I didn't actually try that much yeah so- that's really interesting I hadn't really thought of that but that is very true as well and I saw that a lot I tell you I saw you I think I saw that a lot more playing out through school I think that was a real Uh, school attitude not for me personally because I'm very much I give everything my best and I really try because I was always encouraged by my parents to try as hard as I could and that as long as I tried my best that was good enough and actually that was succeeding but I do remember so many individuals at school just having that kind of I'm just not going to really bother and that way I don't really fail or succeed and that's fine Mm. it's a really that's a really interesting one I think and like you point out where we get so consumed with that level of thinking it's that that takes the energy and then causes the procrastination yes rather than actually putting the same thoughts and energy of thought into (laughs) something more productive and actually doing doing it and I I think the same kind of point can be made for perfectionism as well. Yes, oh, 100%. And we we spoke about perfectionism in the last season. But yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think that's totally true. Yeah. So, you know, we've done a whole episode on perfectionism, as Lisa mentioned there in, in one of our previous seasons. But um, I think if you have high perfectionist tendencies and behaviours, and that becomes heightened, especially if you're feeling uncomfortable about the project or the situation you're in or the interaction, the relationship, etc., that that perfectionism then kind of like shuts you down and then you're like it's not perfect it's not going to be perfect so I'm just going to hold myself back or I'm not going to do it or um I've got that fear of failing and it linked back to perfectionism so all these things are absolutely interlinked but I think Mm. yeah perfectionism can play a big part in this too definitely definitely yeah so how do you think you can recognize kind of self-sabotage for yourself and even in others actually so because I mentioned in the intro when we were talking about introducing this subject that there's a lot of research out there that it's actually quite hard to recognize in yourself when you are doing it you know if you haven't spent a lot of time perhaps you know, reflecting on some of your own behaviours, what drives some of that, what some of your triggers are. Not everybody's in that space where they want to do that, but mm. and they know that for themselves. So how do you think you can recognise it for yourself? 
I think for me, it starts with really starting to tune into your thoughts and starting to decipher what your thoughts are telling you. I think that's where everything starts when it comes to these types of topics, where it's very much focusing on you as a person and yourself. And I think first you start tuning into like, what are the thoughts I'm having and what are they saying to me? Which is not the same thing. Like sometimes we're not even aware of what our voice is actually saying to us, or we might not even be as in so in tune to recognize that there is a voice there. But I think if you start there, then start really thinking about, well, what is it saying? Mm. And is what it's saying helpful or unhelpful? Because some of our thoughts are helpful. You know, a lot of this stems from trying to protect us and look after us. But it's it's when it goes too far and it starts hold it starts actually suffocating us and causing us to miss out and you know not fulfill our potential not embrace experiences that's when it's no longer a voice that's being protective it's now being yeah suffocating so I think listen to the thoughts listen to what you're saying to yourself like truly identify what's helpful and unhelpful and also what's fair and what's unfair because I can you know as I was talking about earlier my thoughts are unfair to me they're not recognizing what I have achieved and what I am good at and the plans that I've got in place and where I'm headed all it does is use me in that position in time where I am and just yeah. keep hammering at me as to what has not gone right this time this one time but you know and that is unfair and I know that I know it's unfair because it's taking away and ignoring everything else that's gone on that is good and that I am doing all right at. so like you know I do think it's that level of fairness um and I would also add to that you know, would you repeat what is being said inside your head to somebody else? Would you say that to a friend? I would have thought probably not. So if the answer is no, I wouldn't, it's not fair to say it to yourself either. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I am massive. Um, I'm very passionate and talk a lot about my LinkedIn. And I recently did a talk at a networking event um, in Cheshire about, this very subject about our inner critic and our inner cheerleader mm -hmm. and kind of cultivating who has the strongest volume <laughs> in our mind yeah um and who has the loudest voice and a lot of the time it comes down to that very point is like would you even would you say that to somebody else because if the answer is no then why the hell are you saying it to yourself mm. because your mind will believe what you feed it yeah. so feed it good stuff and it will start to believe that good stuff yeah, yeah absolutely crap and really like negative difficult stuff that doesn't serve you in any way i.e just makes you feel crap makes you feel anxious makes you self-sabotage etc hits your confidence then like there's no kind of magic conclusion that will make you feel crap yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to feed it some good stuff yeah and that over time will absolutely help you yeah which is what is the root 
um, of manifestation and the practice of manifesting. It's that idea that actually the more you believe and tell yourself positive things will happen to you, the more that they will. And that is because, you know, there is a famous phrase. It's like whether whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. Yeah. That's what that's all based on. (laughs) that whole notion that whatever you tell yourself is true because you'll make it true (laughs) yeah completely um oh we could do a whole other episode on like the power of the universe because I'm well into (laughs) I don't (laughs) know if I've gotten much to contribute to the power of the universe yeah maybe I'll just do I'll I'll, I'll do my own bit where I just talk and people just look like oh my goodness um so just interestingly on this on this kind of topic around signs of self-sabotage um I had an experience okay where I spotted a sign of what I thought was somebody else Mm. self-sabotaging. So I'll tell you a story around it. So a few years ago, I was, um, I had an interview planned with somebody um, on on a morning, say it was a Thursday. So on on a Thursday morning, I had um, an interview planned with somebody. Um, And the day before, so on the Wednesday, there was like a team meeting, which I was involved in, that person was involved in. And I started to notice that as the day went on, that person started to uh, be quite disruptive in their behaviours in that that meeting, to the point where it was like unusual for them. These weren't things that I would like necessarily have seen or observed before or would have said about this person. And then that escalated into the evening as well um because um well there was like an overnight involved and this um particular person um then was drinking alcohol quite heavily okay in on that evening and I started to clock this on the other side of the room because I knew that I was interviewing them like pretty early doors the next morning okay and I was like this is interesting like this is just an interesting approach to the fact that you've got an opportunity tomorrow to like bring yourself and demonstrate really good things about why you know you should have this role or this job and you know what you can bring etc and I was like I wonder if this person is actually feeling quite a lot of stuff like there's some things going on here I didn't know it at the time and I didn't like classify it in this way as self-sabotage but now I reflect back they were absolutely self-sabotaging because they were kind of starting to think, well, I can't speak for them, but I think they were thinking like, I'm don't, I'm feeling nervous about the situation. I feel, I feel a bit vulnerable about putting myself through this process. And so actually because of that, I'm going to start kind of trying to mask or hide and I'm going to have a blowout basically, I think. And again, I'm not, I don't know because I didn't actually speak to this person, but I think that's what was happening. And then they turned up the following day and, you know, they did miss out on that opportunity. They didn't represent themselves particularly well. They didn't fill their potential because actually they weren't in the best possible state to do that because they'd had quite an excessive day and night before and there was a lot of I think emotions built up and a lot of self-talk that wasn't particularly beneficial and positive etc and so that all then resulted in them not turning up and 
um, giving their best in terms of, you know, their contribution in that interview. And so they weren't successful. And I think I did try afterwards to talk to that person a little bit about that run up. And I just think they weren't really in that place with me to maybe talk about that. But we did touch upon some of those behaviors and some of those habits around that self-sabotaging approach. And I think that was definitely at play in that situation. Now I reflect back, I think that's 100% what that person was doing. Mm, it's really interesting, isn't it? But that's that's where this stuff can be so powerful and detrimental to us. It doesn't take necessarily somebody else to do it to us. We're more than capable of destroying yeah. ourselves. Um, and it's so unfortunate when it happens I would really love to know where that person is now and whether they learned from that experience and how they've managed to move on and Mm. try and support themselves differently it's really interesting you mention it because it really reminds me of I used to manage an individual who every group situation would act out yeah didn't do it one-on-one ever they were at times I would even go to describe them as a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde character and it used to always throw me because in a group situation and this could be a workshop a training opportunity even a team meeting they would always act out and very in my opinion quite out of character and I think it was a real challenge that they had with their confidence and I think they would become immediately defensive without any requirement to be defensive. It was as though they were defending before, and if if you like, getting themselves ready to defend just in case. It was very odd behaviour, but it was without a doubt connected to their complete lack of confidence around people. I think if you're on the receiving end of that as well, either as a manager or... Um, I don't know a business owner or a trainer even in that like if you're not expecting that and or you're not sure how to deal with it it's it can be really like off-put it because all of a sudden you think you know how someone's going to be and react and then all of a sudden it's just like so different and I think that's what very unpredictable yeah and it puts you on the back foot a bit because you're like oh I was not expecting that And in that story I told, the person didn't necessarily like act out of character directly towards me in in, on that day before in that group environment, but I could I could see it happening like with others. And I was just like, this is like this is different. Like I've never seen them like this ever. Well, I know I gave feedback regularly to this individual and put it into their development plan to try and work through it and to understand what at a lower level was the trigger behind it clearly group scenarios was the initial trigger but what is beneath it all and that was how we worked through it and it did improve as their self-awareness improved and I think as they embraced techniques to try and support them but it was still an ongoing sort Mm -hmm. of area to to manage try and help them but yeah very interesting very interesting. So how can you stop self-sabotaging then? That's the billion dollar question, isn't it? How can you stop doing it? 
because it no. is it can be a habit and for some of us we may be even in that habit and not necessarily knowing that we are and perhaps even just hearing us talk about this is raising some realizations of this sounds a bit like me am I doing this to myself so mm. yeah what what are the how to stop doing it so what I would say is my top tips is you know we talked a little bit about it awareness is key okay so the first thing I would say is if you can ask yourself the following question why am I choosing to self-sabotage so I think if you're starting to identify with some of the things that we've we've been talking about some of the traits of self-sabotaging um I'm reflecting you know my personal experience and my story I've realized I've become more aware of when I'm doing it what that looks like that takes time but I think when you become more aware of it and you know you're doing it try and kind of proactively consciously ask yourself at that point why am I choosing to self-sabotage and get to know your patterns get to know your triggers get to know like as I did I got to know that certain situations with certain people that I've put into this kind of high regard that I've created for myself um is what brings mine on Okay, and I've only known that through kind of monitoring that myself, I suppose, over time. So, yeah, get to know your own patterns and what that is for yourself. The other tip I'd say, and this is not my tip, okay, I have um, kindly borrowed this um, because I think it's a brilliant one. So um, you may or may not have heard of Mel Robbins. Okay, she's quite a famous American um, kind of coach. Um, and one of the things she says works really well with managing self-sabotage is when you can feel you're doing it and you're in the height of it and you're in the midst of it, this might be a good tip for you, Lisa, uh, today. It um, will be. Is count down from five, literally out loud. So five, four, three, two, one. And that process of doing that out loud and of thinking about something else will start to kind of break that thought cycle. So first off in, in your mind and then do it. So if you, for example, have been stopping yourself from going and speaking to a person or sending an email to somebody or whatever it might be, then just do it. So do the five to one countdown and then go, just do it. And there's something um, about that approach around kind of breaking that that cycle and then that creating that momentum to just go for it yourself like literally there without hesitation um that that breaks that cycle of a, a moment of self-sabotage and if you want to hear read more about it there's loads of stuff on the internet but I just thought yes that's a really practical top tip I love that so I thought I would borrow that and share that with you all today that is a good one. I've not heard about that before. Mel Robbins, is she related to Tony Robbins? I don't know. Or married. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Google it now. Um, I'm going to Google it. What are your top tips? So I think actually mine are very similar to yours. The big one for me is you've got to start listening to yourself. That's the first step. Start listening to yourself and getting really in tune with your thoughts and what you're saying and understanding actually how fair or unfair you're being and how helpful or unhelpful 
so that you can start to really identify the thoughts and really for me have the opportunity therefore to then start replacing them so it's not ignoring them or stopping them because I don't think that's possible I think it's recognizing they exist listening to them and then saying something else that's more helpful um and I think the only other thing that I would offer to build on what you've already said is to do the opposite whatever you're saying to yourself do the opposite try it see what happens so I think if you're telling yourself you can't do it why don't you just try it (laughs) yeah um and see what you learn about yourself and actually about the whole situation. Is it as bad as you thought it was going to be? Are you as terrible as you thought you were going to be? I highly doubt it. <laughs> so we will collate all of our top tips and share with you, uh, share them with you, sorry, at the end of the episode. It is now time for Bullshit Bingo. So this is where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. Our Bullshit Bingo for today's episode came from one of our CBBs. If this, this is from Steve, isn't it? As in your husband, Steve. Gosh, I love the fact that we're calling him a CBB. I'm chuffed. Does he actually want to be called a CBB? No, he won't like that classification. (laughs) He won't like that classification. Thanks very much for this, Steve, though. Much appreciated. And it is stress test. So, Suze, come on then. What did you think of this? What did you think when Steve offered it? I My response was, that is a good one. That is a bullshit bingo for me. Right there. And what context was this used? Um, so, yeah, it's a good one. I've definitely heard this being used back in my corporate days. And I think this is quite a frequent one that's used a lot. Um and just the the hilarity of it, because like, who would even want to have some form of stress test? Like, either be part of it, like have it done to them, contribute to. I don't know, but it just it, it's it's not a nice phrase for me. It just evokes stress. <laughs> it evokes stress. Well, because surely this actually is a technical term rather than a just a bullshit bingo I mean in the context of which Steve may have given it to you knowing that he doesn't work in engineering I'm assuming it's not in the true technical sense of a stress test because you do get stress tests take place in engineering because that's how they test the stress capability of a material so it does make sense in that regard but clearly not in Steve's line of work and definitely oh well no probably not in our line of work either that we did back in the day no I and mean, I did work this in is... logistics at one point could have done some stress testing in logistics with the old pallets they would have had a stress test technically. no yeah yeah that's no. true no that's true in fact the pallet capability for carrying all those soft drinks they would have gone through a stress test no oh, okay mm, okay okay but yeah well, I'm assuming in Steve's context no no not in marketing no no, <laughs> no. and this um also is up there with like triage for me oh god we're going back there no yeah you're right it's when a phrase gets taken out of its place of relevance yeah and gets placed into an an, an environment where you're like no that that's not it's not relevant that's not you don't get that here yeah it's that kind of mixing it up that is where it often goes no triage bloody hell i've forgotten all about that one hilarious hilarious so yes so if you like steve 
have got a good bullshit bingo to offer us that we haven't featured yet. Please, please do send them through to us. We love having them on the programme. It is without a doubt, I think, the only reason anyone listens to the coaching car. So you really will <laughs> yeah. be contributing to this key feature of this show. So please do send it to us via email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. You can also send it to us via our website, which is thecoachingcast.co.uk and an Instagram. Um, which if you haven't learned it by now, it's at <laughs> the coaching cast. Like it's not that much complicated here. We've kept it simple. <laughs> We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing the topic of self-sabotage. Our top tips and recommendations from today's episode are, number one, try and start to listen to yourself. So your thoughts and what they are telling yourself. Do you have any patterns? Do you have any particular triggers as well? So that's the top tip number two. Number three, why are you self-sabotaging? Number four, look up Mel Robbins and the technique that she talks about there. Count down from five to one out loud and then just do it. Just take the action. And number five, do the opposite. So if there is that inner voice telling you not to send that email, not to speak to that person, just do it and see what happens. We also have some self-coaching questions that you can ask yourself. And they are, number one, how do you self-sabotage? Number two, where does your need to self-sabotage come from? And number three, if you could completely give up self-sabotaging, what would you lose and what would you gain? Don't worry if you can't remember all of our top tips and self-coaching questions. They will all be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week following the episode release on Tuesday. We really hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at thecoachingcast, and finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Now, if you haven't gathered already, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you may have heard that Lisa and I really appreciate your support and it helps more than you may know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow this podcast, join our CBB community, then leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. No idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and obviously give us a follow on Instagram too because we post regular tips and behind the scenes hilarity, videos, reels, pictures, etc. Um, it's a real hoot, so come and check it out. So don't forget, you can also watch each episode <laughs> on our hoot. YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. Finally, we both love music and use it to motivate, energize us, uplift us. 
so we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting or the next part of your working day. It's my choice this week, and I have chosen Blinded by Your Grace by Stormzy, another classic. And I thought it was quite apt for today's um, theme as well. <laughs> I love it. Tenuous link. Yeah, it's a tune. This episode has all been about tenuous links. I think we had one in the, at the start as well. So, you know, Probably. at least with we're your, consistent, guys. With your walking <laughs> stick. Yeah, I'm still there. That. That's like the, the, the absolute bombshell around you don't like sourdough. God, there's been oh, so many wow. of them this season. I know, keep tuned for, for the <laughs> next ones. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And remember, CBBs, you've got this. <laughs>